Hello and welcome to Genius Little Minds, the podcast about childhood mental health from the perspective of a licensed mental health professional. I'm Dr. Madeline Vieira, a clinical child psychologist specializing in infant mental health and childhood anxiety disorders. I'm also a mother of three girls ages 6, 4, and 2, so I can personally relate to a lot of the struggles parents go through. Raising healthy children is important. So, on each episode of Genius Little Minds, we'll dive into an aspect of childhood mental health. I'm here to shine a light on the tough issues that families like you are facing every day. Things like childhood mood disorders, anxiety, tricky family dynamics, and more. I'll guide you through the various aspects of children's mental health so you not only understand your child better, but also feel empowered as a parent to make decisions and help them seek treatment if it's needed. My mission is to demystify childhood mental health issues so you can connect with your child better and help them lead a healthy, happy life. Throughout the podcast, I'll help you understand the signs, symptoms, and treatments for various childhood psychological disorders. We'll talk about how you can best support your child in both school and at home, and how to find professional help if necessary. Together, we'll navigate tough topics like infant attachment, toddler tantrums, signs of anxiety, ADHD and childhood depression, intrusive thoughts or obsessive behaviors, and so much more. So whether you're having trouble bonding with your newborn or you have an older child displaying behavioral difficulties, this podcast is for you. I work with infants and children with a wide range of mental health concerns. If you gain one thing from this podcast, is that you are not alone. Thousands of families struggle with the same things that you do. And the good news is, help is available. I believe that with the right information, you can make empowered decisions for your family. On the last episode of Genius Little Minds, we talked about ADHD. Unsure what ADHD looks like in kids? Make sure to take a listen. I go over ADHD symptoms, comorbidity, what can cause ADHD, and treatment options. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Today, we're discussing a topic that I'm sure many parents have heard of, autism spectrum disorder. With 1 in 44 children estimated to have autism, you likely know someone who has a child on the autism spectrum. And if that someone is you, stick around because I'll be addressing some of the biggest concerns parents have about autism. We'll start off with some basics, including what autism is, the key signs or symptoms, and how it's diagnosed. Then we'll move on to exploring what life is like for a young child with autism and talk about navigating the various types of support for your child. Lastly we'll finish our conversation by answering questions from parents just like you. Let's get started. I'm worried my child may have autism, but I'm not sure. How can I tell? When do you start seeing signs of autism in children? Is there a cure for autism? These are some of the biggest questions I get from parents about autism spectrum disorder. And they're all ones we'll be answering in today's episode. First, let's define autism. Autism spectrum disorder is a chronic neurodevelopmental spectrum disorder. What do all these words mean? Let's break it down. 
Chronic means that autism is something that lasts throughout a child's life and into adulthood. It's not something that children outgrow. There's no cure for autism. It's a lifelong condition. But the difficulties that some children have can be managed with treatment. As a neurodevelopmental disorder, autism affects the way the brain develops. Research shows that there are structural and functional differences in the brain of a child with autism. For instance, brain imaging has shown decreased gray matter in a cerebellum of brains with autism. Other studies have found differences in the brain's cortical thickness, which may lead to differences in the way that connectivity develops in the brain. This can lead to challenges with social interaction, communication, learning, behaviors, and more. Lastly, it's a spectrum disorder, meaning that autism encompasses a range of symptoms and severity levels. Some people with autism may only have mild symptoms that cause minor challenges in life, while others may have more severe symptoms that significantly impact a child's life. Indeed, no two children with autism are alike. But in general, children with autism spectrum disorder tend to have deficits when it comes to social and communication skills. They also tend to have restricted interests and activities and engage in repetitive behaviors. And these symptoms are usually noticed by the age of two. But there are times when parents don't notice symptoms until their child is older, around four, or even later in childhood. It can be reliably diagnosed by two years old, though many children may receive a diagnosis later. Autism diagnoses require developmental monitoring and screening. This means that a pediatrician relies on a child's medical and developmental history and behaviors to diagnose autism. Diagnostic criteria can also change over time. Most recently, Asperger's syndrome, which is now known as higher functioning autism, was removed from the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders in 2013, when the newest edition, the DSM-5, was released. Asperger's syndrome shares a lot of similar symptoms with autism spectrum disorder, like trouble understanding emotions, hypersensitivity to certain textures or sounds, and challenges with social skills. However, these symptoms seem to be milder in severity, and children with Asperger's syndrome typically have no trouble with their language skills. But today, children no longer get a diagnosis of Asperger's syndrome. It is now included as part of the autism spectrum disorder diagnosis. Let's dive into the common symptoms of autism spectrum disorder a little bit more. Children with autism often struggle with social and communication skills, both verbal and nonverbal. Some children with autism may not speak at all, while others may have difficulty starting or carrying on a conversation. It's common for children with autism to take things literally. Have you ever said, it's raining cats and dogs to describe how hard it's raining outside? Did your kiddos stare at you with raised eyebrows and ask, but where are the cats and dogs? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. They may also have trouble making eye contact. This can make conversations, picking up on social cues, relating to others, and understanding jokes difficult. For example, a child with autism might not make eye contact when talking, or they might have trouble understanding how others feel. And this struggle to communicate can lead to behavioral issues as well. For instance, a child with autism might have a tantrum because they can't express what they want in words, 
in the world that's not designed for them, it can be exhausting trying to constantly figure out how to get your peers and adults around you to understand you. Imagine for a moment that you are in a foreign country where you don't speak the language. You're trying your best to communicate, but nothing you say or do seems to make sense to the people around you. And they get upset with you or just walk away while you're trying to ask for help. They just don't speak your language. That's how children with autism feel every day. They see and experience the world differently than neurotypical children. And as a result, they often have difficulty communicating and interacting. It's very challenging for neurotypical individuals to understand what it's like to be unable to communicate their needs. Another hallmark of autism includes a range of behaviors that fall under restrictive interests and repetitive behaviors. So a child with autism may have a strong preference for routines and rituals, an aversion to new experiences. You may have noticed your child has a hard time transitioning from one activity to another, especially if it comes very unexpectedly. They may also get stuck on a certain topic or activity and want to talk about it or do it over and over again. Children with autism tend to have very focused interests in certain topics or objects. Is your child intensely passionate about a single topic to the point where it's all they want to talk about? Do they always want to wear the same clothes or eat the same food? Has your child discovered the wonders of purple gummy bears and now that's all they ever want to eat? Raise your hand if you've bookmarked all the websites on how to sneak vegetables into my kid's food. Does your child love to watch the same movie over and over again? Hearing the soundtrack to Frozen for the hundredth time may be enough to send you over the edge. But for children with autism, these repetitive behaviors and restricted interests can be soothing. And the good news is, there's no need to change your child's restricted interests. It's something that makes them unique and they could be encouraged to pursue their interests further and cultivate those passions. Of course, things may get tricky when your child only wants to learn and talk about dinosaurs. They still have to learn to read and write after all. But there are ways to incorporate their interests into the classroom curriculum. And working with your child's teacher can make a world of difference. Another potential symptom of autism is engaging in repetitive activities and behaviors. This can look like repeating certain words, phrases, or sounds, or repeated body movements like rocking or hand flapping. These repetitive behaviors are often a way for children to soothe themselves in moments of stress or anxiety. In fact, most people engage in some form of repetitive behavior. Have you ever caught yourself tapping your pen on your desk when you're thinking? Or do you tend to bite your nails or tap your foot when you're anxious? The difference between you and your child is that you may have an easier time controlling or stopping these behaviors when they're not appropriate. For children with autism, these behaviors may be more apparent through actions like rocking, hand flapping, jumping, and so on. It can be a way to self-regulate and deal with anxiety or stress. And it doesn't necessarily pose an issue unless the behaviors start to interfere with everyday life. So don't feel alarmed if your child engages in some of these. But if you're concerned because the behaviors seem to be disruptive in the classroom or preventing your child from engaging in other activities, it might be worth discussing with a professional.
Now, it's not uncommon for children with autism to also have other medical conditions and mental health diagnoses. In fact, some estimates say that 50 to 70% of those with autism also have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, or ADHD. This is called comorbidity, and it means having two or more conditions at the same time. Other mental health issues often comorbid with autism include anxiety, depression, obsessive-compulsive disorder, or OCD, and sleep-wake disorder. Children with autism are also more likely to have other medical concerns. Compared to the overall population, children with autism are also seven times more likely to have gastrointestinal problems, 1.8 times more likely to have asthma, and 1.6 times more likely to have skin conditions. Epilepsy is also common, occurring in about 20 to 30% of children with autism. So what does this all mean? Well, comorbidity can complicate things. It can make it more difficult to diagnose and treat the conditions, which makes it all the more important to have a good team of doctors and therapists who are experienced in working with children on the autism spectrum. Autism can be challenging. Sometimes it can feel like you're doing everything wrong. But when you have the right information and support, you can make a big difference in your child's life. And you can start counting those small victories. Like when your child makes eye contact for the first time or when they say their first word. Those moments are what make it all worth it. Through the ups, downs and all around, you've got this. So what are your options as a parent? Navigating the world of autism can be daunting, but you don't have to do it alone. There are many treatment options available that can help your child manage their symptoms and improve their quality of life. And various organizations that offer children and family support. If you think your child might be on the autism spectrum, the first step is to consult with someone experienced with diagnosing autism spectrum disorder. A full assessment can help you understand your child's needs and empower you to make informed decisions about treatment and support. Early intervention services are one of the best things you can do for your child. Studies show that early interventions, as in during or before preschool age, can make a big difference in the long run. One key treatment for children with autism is called Applied Behavior Analysis, or ABA. ABA is a scientific approach that focuses on understanding and changing specific behaviors. ABA programs are typically designed and overseen by a board-certified behavior analyst, BCBA. And ABA can be very effective in helping your child develop different skill areas like communication, social skills, and self-care. There are also other services that can make a big difference in the lives of children with autism and their families. These include social skills programs, occupational therapy, mental health therapy, nutritional therapy, speech-language therapy, and school-based support. Because autism is such a broad condition, treatment really looks very different from child to child. If your child has a coexisting condition, such as anxiety, partnering with a mental health professional to help them manage their anxiety might be a priority. If your child is school-aged, there are a number of accommodations and support that your school may offer, such as social skills interventions, communication interventions, occupational therapy, and educational interventions. 
accessing these supports often requires an evaluation by the school and an individualized education plan. Medication is another treatment option that is sometimes used to help manage specific symptoms associated with autism. But in general, I like to see medication as a last resort after other options have been exhausted. I caution parents to consider the potential of side effects when making the decision to medicate their child. And because children are still developing, and we don't know all the long-term effects that medication might have on them. If you haven't already, be sure to take a listen to episode 1 for questions you should ask yourself and your child's doctor before deciding to start medication. Depending on your child's needs, you may have to take a behavioral approach, a developmental approach, an educational approach, a psychological approach, or a combination of these. The important thing is to get started and to find what works for your child. For the last part of today's podcast, we'll have a Q&A so you can hear from parents just like you whose children might also be struggling with autism spectrum disorder. Hi, I'm Leah from San Francisco, California. My 10-year-old son was recently diagnosed with autism. Um, I keep hearing about how early intervention is critical for children with autism, but what does it mean if he was diagnosed this late into childhood? I just keep wondering if I did something wrong. I'm struggling to figure out what that means for his future and how I can best support him so that he can lead a happy and fulfilling life. Leah, thank you for your call. Receiving a diagnosis can come with mixed feelings, relief that you finally have a name for what your child is going through, but perhaps some overwhelm about what the future may hold. I understand you're concerned about starting intervention services late. But it's important to remember that every child who develops autism is different. Because of the diversity of symptoms in autism, it often poses a challenge for medical professionals to make a diagnosis. Studies show that when children show fewer behavioral symptoms of autism, they tend to be diagnosed at an older age compared to children who exhibit a greater number of symptoms. So don't worry, it's common for children to receive an autism diagnosis after the early childhood years. And while early intervention is important, what's most important is to get the support that best suits your child's individual needs. And it's never too late to get effective support for your child. Hi, I'm Abigail from Auckland, New Zealand. My daughter is 12 months old. I've been reading a lot of autism blogs and I don't know if I'm just being paranoid, but I've noticed that she doesn't make eye contact with me when I talk to her. I think my child has autism, but her doctor says she's too young to diagnose. What should I do? Abigail, thank you for your call. It's understandable that you're feeling worried and uncertain at this time. While we know that autism is typically diagnosed starting at around two years old, there's some research showing it may be diagnosed as early as 14 months. Continue paying attention to the potential warning signs of autism in toddlers, like not turning to look when their name is called, 
and not responding to pointing or other gestures. If you're concerned, it's important to trust your gut and follow up with a professional for an evaluation. If you think your doctor is brushing off your concerns, you can always seek a second opinion, especially from a mental health specialist like a child psychologist. Hi, I'm Paul from New York. I have an eight-year-old daughter who's recently been struggling in class, especially during math time and transitions. It makes me worried to hear that she's having trouble in her classroom, especially since I'm not there to help her when she's at school. Her teacher tells me that she leaves her work blank or doesn't finish her work. I know she's good at math, though, because we've done harder math together at home, and she doesn't have a tough time with it. Her teacher also tells me that my daughter gets really upset when it's time to transition from recess back to class. What can I do to support her from afar and make sure that she's getting the help that she needs? Thanks for your question, Paul. It can be tricky when, as a parent, you're not present to see what's going on with your child firsthand. It's possible that your daughter is getting frustrated with schoolwork that is too easy. If you think that's the case, ask her teacher if they can give her some assignments that are a little bit more challenging so she can feel successful. Also, be sure to talk with the teacher about how they can help her during transitions. Many children have trouble with transitions. Your daughter's challenges might mean a condition like autism, or it could potentially be something else. For instance, children with ADHD also have trouble paying attention and may have issues with organization. You may want to consider getting your daughter to do both autism and ADHD assessments to help you better understand your daughter's challenges and what type of support she may need in school. Has your child received an evaluation for special education services? With an individual education plan in place, your child may be eligible for certain accommodations or services that can help her be successful in school, such as the services of a school psychologist, special education teacher, or behavior interventionist. In today's episode, we covered a lot on the topic of autism in children. If you take anything away from today's episode, remember these three main points. One, autism spectrum disorder is a lifelong condition, but that doesn't mean it can't be managed effectively. Two. Every child with autism is unique. As a spectrum disorder, the symptoms and struggles can vary widely from person to person. So don't hesitate to get the support that best suits your child's individual needs. This might mean a multi-pronged approach. Three, it's never too late to get support for your child. While early intervention is ideal, getting help at any stage can make a big difference. Some children just may not display symptoms until the older childhood years. But once you start noticing your child struggling, don't hesitate to seek out professional help. I hope you found this episode on autism spectrum disorder useful. If ASD is a concern, please consult a mental health professional. Working with a professional and educating the entire family can help your child feel supported, seen, and heard. For more tips on supporting your child to live a healthy, happy life, be sure to check out my blog on www.drmadelinevieira.com forward slash blog. Remember, if your child struggles with autism, you are not alone. Sometimes it takes a team of experts to help you and your family. 
Consult with a mental health professional who can help you advocate for your child and your family as you navigate care and support through your child's doctors and educators. Stay tuned because on the next episode, we'll continue our discussion on childhood mental health by talking about Oppositional Defiant Disorder, or ODD, looking at symptoms, risk factors, trends, treatment options, and more. See you next time. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode.